Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. March 26th, and it of course is the day we do our deep dive buy box discussion. We are going to do that from 8 to 10 o'clock. We are going to take 100 people through building, reviewing, answering any and all questions about the almighty buy box. I do think it is the secret, the foundation to everything that we do here at One Rental at a Time. So I look forward to that here in 30 short minutes. But let's get into it. We must talk about the daily financial news. Lots going on. I do want to tell you that both Friday and Saturday daily financial news have been recorded. I got here an hour early, so you can have those. One will come out at 9 a.m. One will come out at 11 a.m. And there's a lot of critical things that happened on Friday and Saturday. So you are going to want to check those out. Those were recorded and already uploaded. So let's get into Sunday, March 26th. We have to talk about First Republic. First Republic, if you don't know, is this bank headquartered in San Francisco that essentially was or seen as the next shoe to drop. Two things happened. Two things happened. First, the government. The government is looking at doing some additional things to support the banking system and give First Republic more time to strengthen their balance sheet. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, there was a second thing. The Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal published an article that I read Saturday evening that I think could be very, could be what's called the death knell of First Republic. In short, the leaders at First Republic chose to take company money and let nepotism rule the day. You can go ahead and find the article on the Wall Street Journal. Basically, the CEO or the chairman, whoever's at the top, was having millions of dollars go to a brother-in-law's company, was doing this, that, the other. Why do I think this might be the death knell? Remember First Republic's business. They cater to the rich and the wealthy. We are two weeks past this catastrophe. A lot of hot money has already moved. I guarantee you there were some loyal depositors. Hey, you've taken care of me. You've given me a great mortgage. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I will be here for you. I know that happened. We are seeing deposits slow down. Deposit um, exiting slow down. However, These rich and wealthy people probably read the Wall Street Journal like I do. They are seeing that the CEO or chairman or whoever was doing these uh, less than great things. Do you think for a moment that that won't be the straw that breaks the camel back? That Wall Street Journal article could cause a bank run on on First Republic Monday. There has to be a bunch of rich people and their advisors going, do you see what Wall Street Journal reported? Did you see? Why are you staying there? Why do you want to be associated with them? 
move your money. We shall see once the bank opens, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, Monday, we will see. We will see if the powers that be have to come in and rescue, or as I've said, shotgun marriage, First Republic. Because uh, I think the Wall Street Journal just took them out. We'll see. Jeremy Siegel. Jeremy Siegel is a very uh, passionate young man. Obviously, I think he's at the uh, Chief Economist School of Wharton, wherever he is. He's on CNBC all the time. He is a very animated young man. Jeremy Siegel, who has, oh, by the way, been wrong a lot lately, is now saying that, you know what? The banking crisis has a silver lining. All right, Jeremy, what's the silver lining? Well, I am feeling better about the U.S. economy in 2024. Really? That's what you took from this? You can't make this stuff up, folks. Once people get going down the wrong path, it is intellectually hard for me, many people to say they're wrong and pivot. I think Jeremy Siegel is on that side. Kind of like a poker player who is on tilt, who gets dealt a 2-7 offsuit and goes all in. Yeah, you might win, but the odds aren't in your favor. So again, what I think is going on right now is close to the SNL crisis. What does that mean for this context of Jeremy Siegel? It's a death by a thousand cuts. We have quarters of pain ahead of us. And I'm not sure how this banking crisis suddenly makes 2024 better. I'm guessing that Jeremy Siegel is saying rates are going to come crashing down. You know that I'm in the camp that that's probably not the case, unfortunately. So again, it is fun to watch him. He gets very, gets very excited. Gets very excited. Sam Zell. Again, one of my thesis is this is going to be like uh, the SNL crisis. Bloomberg had Sam Zell on, and I watched the video, uh, the recording of his interview. It is really, really comical of me to hear people say, Sam, you built your portfolio, or at least your first portfolio of assets coming out of the SNL crisis. You bought them right from the Resolution Trust Com Corporation, RTC. Look it up. Wikipedia RTC. Are you ready to go shopping again? And you could see Sam Zell get exacerbated. Sam Zell does not play games. He's like, dude, the owners, aka sellers, don't even know they have a problem yet. Once they know how they have a problem, they're going to be working with their lender, aka the bank, to extend and pretend. Some of them will work it out. Most of them won't. He goes, yes, there are a lot, a lot of opportunity coming. But it's not today. It's not next week. It's not next month. And it's not next quarter. As I keep screaming, imploring, we have pain coming. A year, two years. This might be three years of pain in the commercial real estate market. It is why I am investing now to get better. I want to invest now so I am ready for opportunities where maybe we can take down the biggest apartment building we've ever done once it is on sale for a price that makes sense. Sam Zell said the same thing to this guy in a particularly nice way. Dude, there's no deals now. Yes, I will be more active. He even told the guy, I'm not shopping yet. I am not shopping. I'm always ready. I can do deals. He's very nice. 
but it's not coming. It's not coming even this year. So I was, I was very pleased to hear Sam say that. The spring housing market. I want to talk about the spring housing market. We are in it right now. We are in it right now. And some people are thinking the spring selling season is going to be great because, again, what happened in February? Existing home sales went up 15%, a record for one month. As I've said repeatedly, that was a blip. That was a, that was a, a moment in time because what we had in February was inventory left from November and December that got gobbled up in January. That inventory is gone. You can't sell it twice. It doesn't exist. We are seeing new listings come down 20%. Redfin, new listings down 20%. Right now, according to Redfin, there is 980,000 available units. The record low was 850,000. I want to tell you right now, it is my opinion that today is worse than before. So if you don't remember, 850,000 was February of 2022. February 2022 was the bottom. Today, March of 2023, we have 980,000 or 130,000 more units. It is worse today because luxury inventory is stacking. If you watch the market like I do, you are seeing inventory in the luxury market stack, 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 stack. So yes, if you are out of touch and you look at totality, it is up, I don't know, what is that? Let's call it 13%. But today's worse. How many of you, including me, are looking for your first time home? You're looking for an affordable rental? It's not there. There's no inventory. There's no inventory coming. Bidding wars, offer reviews. This is not good news. I'm not trying to say like it's good news. It's a problem. I've said it before and I'll likely say it again. The first time home buyer, this is the hardest market I have ever seen. And oh, by the way, rates are coming down. Rates are coming down. You heard me on this channel about a week ago make a crazy bold call that I thought mortgage rates would be below 6%. Owner rock, best credit, big down payment. You heard me say it. I got a text Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon that said, Michael, I just quoted a perfect credit score. Hey, Chester. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, bidding wars are back, man. Bidding wars are back. So again, my call, sub six, it happened Friday. Best credit, perfect credit score, 850. 25% down, owner occupied. Quote, 5.99. What did we learn in February? We learned that rates going down and approaching six, and oh my goodness, below six, brings back demand, the marginal buyer. Affordability is better. Five is not seven. It's all this psychological stuff. But 6% mortgages do not bring sellers. The sellers are on strike. They are staying put. 
It is the market we are in. The housing market is broken. But again, if you are Patrick Bet David and you are shopping for a luxury home, go get your $25 million home for $17 million. You, you too can get a $7 million discount. Just shop at the tippity-tippity-top. So, spring housing market. Oh, you know what else is happening in the spring housing market? I know there's a lot of people that think home builders are going to crash. I don't get it. Here's another fun fact. For the last decade, new home sales have been about 11% of the market. Interesting, but what does that mean? Well, because there are no existing home sales, builders, home, new home sales today come in at 27%. Folks, new home builders have all the power. They're the only people producing inventory. Existing, the move up buyer, who counts for two transactions, not moving. There's no inventory. You still have some death, divorce, job transfer, sure. But the, the move up buyer, the lion's share of the supply is not moving because of interest rate lock-in. Pretty wild to think about. So one of the questions I want to ask you, is over the last two weeks, did you move money out of a regional bank, a small bank, a credit union to a big bank? That's one question. Two, did you take some of your cash and move it into Bitcoin or gold or treasuries or CDs or money markets? So I'm curious how many people did that and if you did do it, what did you do? As always, I am an open book. So first, what did I do? One, all of my bank accounts are below the FDIC limit. I have more banks than, I have lots of banks. None of them were over 250, so that didn't bother me. I did not, not move any money from a small bank to a big bank. I didn't do that. However, I did move money into a money market fund and I bought some laddered CDs. These are things that I've not done in a while. But yes, I did make some moves because of what is going on. I just thought I should, if I'm going to ask you what you did, I thought I should share with you what I did. And then finally, folks, as I've brought up many times, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, one rental at a time. One of the, I don't know, people or pages that come up in my feed is a channel called Pink Riston, P-I-N-K-R-I-S-T. T-E-N. Now, she is, um, I don't know, rather passionate politically, which is I ignore. But what she is doing is she is a waitress at a restaurant. Now, Michael, why are you telling me this? Well, one of the things I want to do is spread kindness. So stay tuned for this. Anyways, she has been telling stories about her customers. That's why I follow her, because she makes me laugh. She tells me about their customers doing this or that or this or that. And many times she has to come out of pocket to pay for her customers. There was a, you know, anyways, I follow it because it is heartwarming and makes me laugh. So the other day I reached out to her, Pink Kristen, and I said, I want to PayPal you or Zelle you a couple of hundred dollars so that you can randomly pay for someone's dinner. 
I want to buy people's dinner surprisingly through her and make people smile. The other day, she brought dinner for a Vietnam War veteran and bought dinner for another couple. Please follow me on Twitter or go ahead and follow her to watch us spread kindness. Random acts of kindness should be celebrated. It is very scary. It is very nervous. We all need to spot, smile more. So I am trying to do that through a stranger. Never met her, never will meet her, but she is doing good work as a waitress. I wanted to encourage a random act of kindness. She has done this twice. She did it again last night. She is posting pictures of the people who we here at One Rental at a Time bought dinner for. I just thought I would, should share that because again, random on, act of kindnesses should be celebrated. Follow along, see who we are helping. And again, if you're coming to the Buy Box session, it starts at eight o'clock. Uh, you can find the daily financial news from Friday and Saturday. One goes out at 9 a.m., one goes out at 11 a.m. And then finally, let's congratulate Bridget for getting your next deal. Andy for getting your next deal, and Dan for getting your deal. Dan, you've been a part of One Rental at a Time for a while. You have been doing the work every day for a year, and you finally got your deal. I am so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. You stuck to it. I know you were stressed. I can't promise great deals, folks. Do the work means do the work. And just like Dan proved, it eventually happened. So again, Bridget, Andy, and Dan, your cards will go in the mail today. All right, folks, take care. Have a great day. If you're in the buy box, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.